Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nyler 9 podcast. On this episode, we are going to be talking about Chance the Rapper's debut album. It has finally arrived. The big day has finally arrived. Is it going to be like an embarrassing uncle at a wedding? Or is it going to be a celebratory album about God, love, life and family? I'm joined by Andrea Cleary as ever. How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, so we've uh, a fair bit to talk about later on about Chance the Rapper. I think mm. we, have, we have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, but first, uh, we will delve into what's been happening in music this week. And I guess the main thing that's been happening in music this week is it's summer, so not a lot. There's festivals and stuff like that happening. There's a little bits and pieces like Aesop Rocky. His trial has gone and gone to court in Sweden. Um, he's we'll, pleaded not guilty. He's pleaded not guilty. We'll probably find out more about that next week because apparently there will be a judgment uh, in the next couple of days. Um, I guess we have to talk about this a little bit because we haven't really mentioned it that much. But um, you will probably know the little Nas X song, oh, um, Old Town Road. As I think I mentioned last week, I had a, a seven-year-old play it for me about 10 times last week, so it was in my brain and would not leave, so it's a very catchy song. But uh, the thing about Old Town Road is it become the longest-running number one single in US chart history this week. It is no one-trick pony. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it has made 16 weeks at number one, 17 weeks in number one, uh, outpassing two songs in particular, uh, one that is quite, un- you wouldn't expect maybe, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, uh, One Sweet Day from 1995. Yeah, I was surprised to read yeah. that. Yeah, and then last year's um, Desapacito, which obviously was a huge song, and uh, we had a piece on the site about Old Town Road and just trying to make sense of its popularity, I guess, for a quick primer in it it was it is a 
viral song in the truest sense of the word is being shared on um that a app tiktok actually my niece from america was using tiktok and showed me about 49 different old town road videos of people yeah. that people have made so and including her own ones it's tiktok it's it's just vine really is it it's vine with music basically yeah. oh, okay right so you make little music videos where you dance and stuff that's basically it okay yeah and that's you can so choose cute. any song and it's all there they're all there so oh that's a really clever idea i'm not sure it works licensing wise in terms of are they licensing that music yeah they're probably gonna shut that down <laughs> <laughs> that, that's usually what happens that's what mm. happened to soundcloud and everything else um but things have their popularity and currently uh, that's uh, that uh, app helped fuel the success of Old Town Road in particular it is a massive song it's a total earworm uh, and, and you may know obviously like the whole thing about it is um, Billy, Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus uh, jumped on a remix of the song made it even more massive it's, that is the version of the song that's been at number one well actually all of them because the clever thing about this is that like Despacito last year mm-hmm. when Justin Bieber got involved uh, it is all of the streams of the song and the remixes count towards just one. Mm. So that has helped keep that song at 17 weeks at number one in the US. So uh, I managed to kind of not hear too much until a couple of weeks ago. Um, but uh, I, the other thing that I think is really interesting about this is that it was made um, using a beat from a like a beat marketplace, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so an, a young Netherlands producer... Uh, made this beat um, and Lil Nas X bought it for 30 quid. Uh, and that's where the song, the genesis of the song came from. That's where the the vocal, uh, well, he does the vocals, but that's where the, the melody comes for the song. And the other interesting thing about it, and I think this is the first time this has happened, is that um, it is the first time that a massive chart hit has used a sample, which was given a Creative Commons license. And that sample is surprisingly um from nine inch nails um mm-hmm. it is a song from the ghosts uh compilation like a track called 34 ghosts for so that was released under a creative commons license originally so anyone is free to use that for commercial purposes which is the opposite of what most samples would be they would need to be cleared so first of all this song whether you like it or not, would not exist without the Creative Commons license, which is a brand new territory for music in terms of its popularity. Um, and secondly, it's just an interesting story that it, the genesis of that song comes from something like that. Yeah, and I think as well, we we kind of tend to forget the controversy around when this song first came out. It was removed from the uh, the the billboard country charts because it wasn't a country enough song yeah which only helped it kind of um, absolutely gain popularity yeah like and it's it's such a perfect kind of story now that it's become one of the well it has become the longest running number one in history like that's that's amazing it's like yeah you don't need your don't need your country chart <laughs> we're over here on the main chart like but yeah. uh yeah but I that mean, certainly helped fuel the fact that like billy ray cyrus jumped on a remix of it i'm sure a lot of people are sick of talking about old town road at this point but i still think it's worth yeah, it does uh, feel like we're beating a dead horse oh you know more horse puns in there um <laughs> not really I, well i i think it will be interesting to see what else kind of comes from this in terms of like rap music, country music, crossover, 
Will it be a one-trick pony? We don't know. Yeah. Or is he going to keep riding it till he can no more? We don't know. We, we just not, don't know. We'll never be sure. I know. I'm sure the song is going to go away at some point. But uh, it got it. Yeah, I hope so. I love it. But apparently, there's a Dolly Parton remix on the way as well. So you know, it well, may, give me that, it and then I'll I'll draw the line after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If so, Dolly's on it, I'm I'm into it. So with it being festival season, um, there is a lot of talk about festivals at the moment, but one of the ones that uh, came out uh, in terms of the news and headlines this week was one from uh, curated by the Deftones called Dia de los Festival in San Diego. Um, mainly a heavy music lineup, um, as it would be curated by the Deftones, but uh, there was one um, dissenter in the... Uh, on the festival lineup who uh, had an issue with another uh, band playing. Uh, Jamie Jasta of the band Hatebreed uh, was talked to Twitter after the lineup was announced to basically wonder why churches were playing this festival. And Jamie said, um, well, first of all, he was wondering why there were churches were higher than Gojira on the festival lineup. And he wrote, quite ignorantly, who is Churches with a V and why the fuck are they playing over Gojire? Get the fuck out of here. Have you ever heard the heaviest matter in the universe? You're going to get embarrassed off the stage. Lol, no offense. God, the music industry sucks sometimes. So, of Look, course. Look, I think to be fair to this guy, he did say no offense. He did, so, say, he did say lol to the fuse. Yeah, fuse like, I love when people so do that. I don't think we can hold him yeah, too much to account true. here. Uh, and then he went on to say, I'm sure there are lovely people and they're a popular group, but I just don't agree with the lineup order. Same with other festivals. If anyone is butthurt about my opinion, wait till you hear the podcast. Yes, exactly. Metal <laughs> needs to be shown more respect. <laughs> Longer career, legacy, more albums, bill them higher. Um, so that's what he said. And as we know... Um, Church's uh, vocalist, Lauren Mabry, has been very good at responding to criticism in the last few years. And uh, she did reply to Jas's comments saying, Deftones created the lineup, so I don't know how that speaks to problems with the music industry, all capitals. Uh, I think it's important and powerful that they promote the idea of a diverse community and try to bridge gaps instead of being guided by limiting antiquated ideas about genre. So it looks like we could all learn something from Old Town Road this week, including Jamie Jasta. We could all learn the country and hip-hop, yeah. metal and pop could go together. You know, we know that. We've seen the bad things happen with that as well before. Cross genre. The likes of Evanescence, but like, you know. Yeah. No, it's just, it, is, it, it was a perfect response because it like just shows how petty somebody would be. I guess maybe his whole thing was about the billing, but that's down to booking agents. Like Booking oh, agents whatever. are always going to get, get yeah. there. Like, it's such a stupid it thing. It just sounds like an angry old man. Yeah. Do you know the band that he's in? Do you know that? Hatebreed. I mean, like, I'm not a I'm not a metalcore so person. I wouldn't really but... be familiar that much, but... Uh, well, he but just maybe, doesn't seem very nice. Yeah. So. Maybe also added a Rihanna gif in, in another response and said, I saw Gojira in Glasgow years ago and I've seen Deftones three times. So I was excited when we got asked to be on the bill. Just because someone plays or listens to pop music in, in comments doesn't mean they don't understand or appreciate other things. And I think that's a fair assessment of that situation there. Um. So yeah, that puts him in his place. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I think it is a really ignorant kind of, like, I don't know, it's not a... Something doesn't have to be a metal festival just because there are a lot of metal bands playing at it. Just have a music festival, it's fine. You know, people, like, I have pals who are, like, really, really, really into metal. They, for some reason, they love churches. Like, yeah. I don't like churches as a band. I'm not that into them or anything. Well, there but you like, go. I mean, it might be a good book in I, I do think there's something there, though, between yeah. metalheads and the band churches. And I don't yeah. know what it is, but I think we should probe it further. Mm, but, um... 
Yeah. They're not that heavy, but I guess like sonically they're kind of... No, like I can't find any link at all. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm trying nothing. to figure it out. Like she doesn't scream at any point or like no. do anything heavy. Um, yeah, strange, a strange one. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I guess country and metal are probably the two last genres who are fiercely protective of their own sound. Yeah. So it makes sense for us to follow why. Uh, not that it makes sense but you know it is country artists are always trying to prove how country they are mm. and in the same way metal can feel like that as well they're, they're two of the last like music subcultures that are left that are actually thriving yeah and uh, so I guess when some people feel like that might be threatened by yeah kind of se- semi-related to that there was a kind of ignorant article written on the RTE um, website last week about how uh, it was asking the question is uh, modern uh, co- like contemporary art music uh, destroying classical music oh, kind right, of thing great. so like and it's there, there is chestnut. this yeah that old chestnut and yeah there is that bit of like what are they of, what, what specifically are they talking about like I it, it was basically oh people are going along to concert halls and expecting to hear Mozart, but they're actually hearing some lad banging around on some spoons or whatever. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's such a boring, labored conversation. And I feel the same way about this whole metal. Metal is one thing and not another thing, or country is one thing and not another thing. Like, we we need to move past that. Yeah. I remember like 10 years ago, a, a band that I know well um, got asked to be on a panel about um, basically they were an upbeat kind of electronic dance band and they were asked to be on a panel about basically questioning their entire existence, whether they should be validated in existing because they don't, because they make party music as opposed to music that is like a singer songwriter value. It doesn't have the same value. It's like questioning the value of party music versus uh, like something more traditional and like, you know, heartfelt. It was like as if it didn't have any validation. As if Robin doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, you know, it was what the like, hell? It was, a, I mean, it was a long time ago now, but like you would hope those things don't exist. Like people often maybe can do that where they're like, oh, there's a party band. Like there's yeah. like, and that's one of the things, say, for example, with like the Boom, who I manage. And what's what I really like about them. They're both of those things. They're like, they're a party band, but they have lyrics that, kind of mean something as yeah. well you know they you don't have to they're not mostly exclusive you don't have to and there's nothing wrong with being a other. party band no not at all not like, at all like i mean people like, went to to vivaldi concerts to be entertained they weren't going to like they people weren't going to vivaldi concerts for the same reason that previously they were going to beethoven concerts yeah but people just lump all of classical music in together in that way because they're just really i don't know it's it's kind of like a cultural thing where especially very kind of genre specific people like p- people who align their identity with a genre of music or with a type of music it it can just be really alienating for people trying to get in or people trying to use that you know yeah i don't know yeah it really annoys me <laughs> yeah that kind of idea is seems like such an actual antiquated thing yeah like and it really needs to die if it, if it hasn't already in i think it has in the majority like we're essentially post-genre in modern music for mm. all intents and purposes it's like it's not as siloed as it once was because of the nature of music and how we access it you can yeah. be somebody who's very comfortable listening to Olafur Arnals and the gloaming and uh 
like ASAP Rocky and whatever. Yeah. Like people do that now. They I don't, think we like, we tend themselves. to like if if we look at kind of listening trends and Spotify and Apple Music in particular, we tend to lump music together in a mood more so than a genre, and that means that we have playlists where. I don't know, like Bibio would share a spot with Frank Ocean or something, do you know? And it, it is these kind of cross genre things that are more connected by mood than mm. industry. Um, and that's probably a, a better way to go about things. Although that has its own problems as well when everybody is making music for Spotify playlists. But that's maybe a separate conversation. That's a different conversation. For yeah, another yeah. Day. <laughs> um, yeah, so we mentioned All Together Now this weekend. I want to mention it briefly because one of the things I'm doing, along with Lumo, uh, the club night that I run along with Simon and Gavin, we are doing a Lumo daytime party um, on the Saturday, which I'm really looking forward to. We're doing five hours at All My Friends stage. Um, and so we're doing kind of five different sets. We're doing an, a, like a Lumo kind of classics one. We're doing an 80s set. We're doing an Italo disco, Yacht Rock for the Obviously. hopefully good weather that would be in it. And we're also doing a Beastie Boys one, which is, you know, one of my favorite bands and it's something I'm indulging myself and I presume I would be indulging others by doing that. Um, but Beastie Boys are actually in the news a little bit this week because um, they launched a new pair of vegan trainers. Yes, trainers that are vegan. These so, boys. So there you go. These uh, boys. Made with Adidas. Uh, they're nice they're, as well. Yeah, they are nice. And they're not is, like Yeezys. This is the problem, yeah. So it's a, they're currently, the Beastie Boys are currently releasing uh, digitally um, these like, kind of remix EPs that kind of all these songs that everyone all the fans would have but mm. they're out there they'd be the first time they're on digital so six different EPs basically B-sides and remixes um, but they're, the sneakers were to celebrate the 30th anniversary of their seminal album Paul's Boutique and because of that um, they did a very limited run of these trainers in uh, like skate shops in uh, America and they sold it straight away and How of course did they go for uh, they went for $85 oh, and proceeds right. went to two charities uh, for one for underprivileged families uh, called Peace Sisters and teaching foundation called Little Kids Rock. Um, as with anything that, oh, especially in the sneaker world where, you know, people uh, obsess over sneakers and uh, queue up to buy Yeezys and whatever else. Um, a lot of those that were bought for $85 uh, are now going for 10 times that price on eBay. Um, so a couple of the Beastie Boy fans in my life have been on to me this week in bits about it. I know they're just like, look at this shit, like, yeah. especially with a charity thing. But I think that's always going to happen if you're releasing something, something in a limited format. Like certainly the BCs still have a rabid fan base that would eat up anything, myself included, merch that they would release. So are you slightly right and you didn't get a pair? Well, I knew I, I actually looked at it last week and I was like, there's no way I can get them because they're in a shop. Yeah. You have to be physically in a shop in, in America and I didn't try. So, uh, no, I'm cool with it, but I'm okay. just like, yeah, it's upsetting to see. So, especially something that was going for charity. Yeah. I mean, they got their money, I guess, but like now it's going for 10 times that price, you know? It feels like the Ticketmaster controversies all over again, except now. The children are involved. This is, at it. this is the problem with supply and demand. Exactly. If yeah. you don't give enough supply, you're going to get more demand and then people are going to be forced. Or, well, so one group of people are going to try and sell something for an exorbitant price. Another group are going to tr be tempted to buy those things. I think we've cracked marketing. There we go. Yeah. 101. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to songs of the week yeah, uh, this week. Um, oh, yeah. And just before I say that, uh, we had a really good reaction 
uh, to our Patreon the last couple of weeks. So I really appreciate that. So anyone who signed up to the Patreon in the last two weeks at patreon.com forward slash nine or nine, we really appreciate it and we really appreciate your support. And thank you. thank you. And thank you for anyone who has already supported. And if you are thinking of it, like I said before, we it is for, from a five or a month. And we do exclusive mixes and podcasts and interviews and giveaways and uh, radio shows and stuff like that. So you get extras, but you also uh, get to support what we're doing. Um, and then we also will have some news on live podcasts soon. That's all I'm going to say about that. But mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hatching plans for some live events later this year. So keep an ear out on that one. I'm not saying it's Madison Square Garden, <laughs> but I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> so yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that for that we'll i'm sure we'll announce on the pod first that makes most sense to me so it's time for songs of the week yep and uh, we've got a good batch of songs this week we're gonna yeah, this start week was way better than last week <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that wasn't hard maybe i don't know Some, sometimes in summer it's like slim pickings yeah it and is because we record we always record on a wednesday there will be something that comes out tomorrow uh, or friday that, that is of interest but in the last two weeks, it's been pretty quiet all around. Mm. I know Haim have a new song out uh, this week. Absolutely no interest. Flume uh, have a new EP. Um, there'll be other stuff, but that's fine. We can talk about these next week, uh, including next week we'll talk about Haim, will we? Yeah, oh, we will. Uh, well, here, let's go with one of your choices for this week. Uh, this is from Marika Hackman, and the song is called All Night. is Marika Hackman new song from her called All Night is from her forthcoming album uh, uh, next week actually um, called Any Human Friend um, this was a, a song that she sent to her parents and uh, turns out they were quite shocked with the lyrics yeah. um, which is a funny one I never really thought about that like imagine like being a songwriter and writing something about sex and be like hey mom here's my here's song. my song about us going down on each other yeah <laughs> not you know what I, mean? I mean, how did like Robin Thicke's parents respond to the Blurred Lines video? I, I do also think about that. With uh, <laughs> what did your parents think? Like, what would your mother say? <laughs> um, I really like this song. I'm a big fan of Marika Hackman. Um, how really, many albums has she had? She's had three. I, think. I know we talked about this before, and I don't think I've heard the last one properly. But I like the one before that. Yeah, I was I was telling you to definitely get onto the the last one. I'm not your man, which came out I think in 2017. That was one of my favorite albums of that year. It's br- it's really 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 good. Um, and this is this d- is definitely an evolution from that. It's a bit more laid back. I like it a lot more than the other song. Um, 
I'm Not Where You Are that came out from it. Yeah, okay, I like that song too. Yeah, it, it's good, yeah. Uh, I, just, I I like this one a lot more. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the album. It's definitely, it, it sounds like she's sticking with the kind of garage rock, lo-fi kind of vibe with it. And her lyrics are just getting better and better. Um, like on I'm Not Your Man, there was a good bit of kind of overtly just singing about love and sexuality from a gay woman's point of view, which I don't think you get a whole lot in like indie yeah. rock music. Um, and yeah, I just find her really, really refreshing. She's a fantastic musician as well. Like when you see her, when you see yeah, her playing, she's her great. She's really, really great. I think, uh, yeah, I, I really like the song. I, I kind of felt when I was there the first few times that I'd like to hear the album properly and mm. see how this fits. I, I always feel like Mark Hagwin is one of those album artists that I'd stick For sure, on. yeah. And that's, so I want to hear this in the context of the album. Uh, but you're right, yeah, yeah. She says herself, um, it's about a woman from a perspective of a woman. You don't hear much about sex between women in music. Or if you do, it's usually from a fetishized male perspective. I thought I'd reclaim a bit of that power. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I don't, so Mariah Carey was on an all-J album, right? She was, was associated she? with them or on the same label or something. Um, and then I was like, I was just thinking this morning, I was like, where did all-J go? And how did it go so wrong? Yeah, with they, like, their, la their last album was like... Last year, the year before, it, it was the it one that good. had terrible versions of uh, folk songs, yeah. uh, and it was like, are they trying to sabotage themselves? What is I going loved on? their first Reducer. album. Oh yeah, I great. mean everyone loved it, but I don't think so they really good. liked it as much as uh, they. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> really into them when they first came out. Yeah, they were shame. huge. They, they were, were so massive, big. Yeah. I remember being really upset when I couldn't get tickets to see them. Um, back when they were touring the first album, I was like trying to go to London to see them or something. Oh yeah. And then they came here. I think they played like the Trinity thing, the summer series or yeah. something. And I was like, no interest. Yeah. Last time I saw them was actually at Longitude and uh, they're doing some gigs this summer. Um, interesting. So hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think they kind of like went so far in the opposite direction that I'm like, oh God, I don't know about yeah. this. Um, Maybe they can claw back with their, what would be their third album, I guess. Uh, They've only had two, right? No, they uh, had they've had three. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, this is all yours with their second one. An Awesome Wave, first 2012. And Relaxer was the last one as well. Such a shame. You um, hate to see it. Yeah. But there you go. That's all, Jay. I was just thinking about them today for some reason. But somebody else who's back in October, and I'm delighted to say, is uh, Angel Olsen. And Ooh. she has a new song called All Mirrors. And it sounds like this.
That was Angel Olsen. The song is called All Mirrors. The album to come is also called All Mirrors and it'll be out on October the 4th. Um, so the whole vibe with this album was initially envisioned as a dual record release, one that would be a full band version and one that would be more raw solo versions as she's done before many times. Um, the former was recorded uh, with a producer called Michael Harris and the latter was recorded with uh, John Congleton um, along with, uh, well, sorry, the former, Yes, that's right. Um, so the full band version was recorded by John Congleton and a 14-piece orchestra and an arranger and uh, a few other people, Jarek Bischoff and Ben Rababbit. What a name. Um, so, but then when the album was done, she uh, Olsen said it was impossible for me to deny how powerful and surprising the songs had become. The truth is that I may have never allowed this much sonic change in the first place had I not already made a count of the, first, of the same songs in their purest form. Um, I'm very interested in this because mm-hmm. it's a bit of a different vibe and it kind of echoes the same bit darker maybe more Twin Peaks vibes on this one than, yeah. but it just recalls um, the change that happened with um, another couple of American uh, singers recently Sharon Van and one in particular I can kind of hear more atmosphere in her music in the last album uh, and maybe to a lesser extent St. Vincent but maybe I'm just saying that because I'm being I'm thinking women I don't know if that's true no or not, I, th- I, I would agree with the St. Vincent um, thing but and I really, she did two versions of that album as well that's so. yeah maybe that's what I'm thinking of it yeah yeah so she did uh, Mass Education and Mass Seduction yes uh, yeah so two different versions of it um, so maybe that was inspi- an inspiration for that but I'm sure I would still I actually the last album she released was Phases which was kind of a collection of kind of b-sides and demos and stuff it feels um, like ages ago now i love it? that album I yeah it's I've, really, really good. I've been listening to that non-stop yeah. since it came out like like i think that is almost was well, not almost as good as my one maybe but like i love the atmosphere it creates as well and i think and this is a totally different atmosphere than all of that as well so be interesting to hear what the album is like it sounds like it's going to be with a 14-piece orchestra it's going to be much more ambitious mm. and she does have a voice of an angel. She's not called Angel Olsen for nothing. No. Um, but I really like this. I think her, you can put her voice against almost anything, as we heard recently on Mark Ronson's album. Um, and one of the best songs I've heard this year, maybe. Uh, so I just love listening to her voice. She's got a very unique style. And uh, yeah, Angel Olsen, I'm a fan. Me too. Yeah, I really, I was really taken by this. Um, I got real Kate Bush vibes from mostly maybe from the video but I feel like if Kate Bush was making music today it would sound like this um just that kind of like you said like hugely atmospheric but she remains so stoic within it she's all she you just can't you can't phase her um no <laughs> pun intended she doesn't get lost in this tall no like, no she's no extremely commanding in this um as she always is no no matter whether it's just her and her guitar or if it's something bigger like this she is very much the presence at the center of it i think the lyrics are fantastic i think she sounds great the mix is lovely it's it's produced impeccably um really really I, i'm the only bad thing about it is that the album doesn't come out until October and if October feels like a really long time away. It's not at all. You, I know, yeah. Fly by. We'll yeah. be hearing this soon. We'll be yeah. talking about it soon, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's fantastic and I hope I hope we get another couple of songs off it before the album comes out. Yeah, I think so. I think we will. Um, and it kind of echoes the way that she... Um, 
put out uh, My Woman as well with the first song from the album being uh, very intern, being quite atmospheric. So mm. be interested to see if it does follow through or it kind of goes back to her style that she's already established. Um, but we will find out soon. That is Angel Olsen. Now it's time for another return um, from Bat for Lashes. This is a song called Feel for You. is Bat for Lashes song is called Feel for You and is from our forthcoming fifth album called Lost Girls which is out September 6th um, and said, she said it's an album full of romance and homage to Los Angeles where the album was recorded it's being a kid in the 80s and the films that touched and changed her life um, how do you feel about this Dre Bat for Lashes I am slightly dubious I don't know it it's very repetitive <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of I, I was listening to it today and I was like god this song's quite long it's not it's like three and a half minutes or something oh that's not a good sign yeah yeah it's it's fine there's not a whole lot in it that I can point to apart from its repetitive nature but um I don't know I kind of prefer when she does slightly weirder more out there eccentric stuff which I've no doubt she's gonna bring on the album um but this this didn't grab me yeah. I, I can definitely see myself bopping to it on a night out or something, but for for kind of anything deeper than that, I don't know, it didn't grab me. This is for the uh, the sad club that um, Kelly's going to do, she uh, said on Twitter. Kelly, please, please <laughs> do it. I, I have a playlist ready, like you can have it, all you need to do is do it. Crying at the discotheque. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's two obvious references, I mean, one is obviously the title, which is the uh, same title as Shaka Khan, um, but the other one I hear is uh, Drake's Passion Fruit in the melody. Okay. It's got the same kind of melody going on there that repeats and... Uh, not much else, but it's kind of nice all the same. I kind of enjoy it. And mm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice that she's still doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, I like there. her a lot. Yeah. She's an, a really interesting artist. Yeah, so apparently there'll be some uh, Iranian pop beats on the album. So that'll be interesting to cool. hear what that means. Um, but yeah, that is Bat for Lashes. Song is called Feel For You. Our final song of the week is from DJ Shadow and Della Soul. It is called Rocket Fuel. And uh, it sounds like this. So hot, no see where all the sun rays went. Legs, arms, the head, all being moved in a frenzy. The blends be all the right cred, meaning credentials. Best of both worlds when we rockin' over pearls in the instrumental. Are you ready? Ready, set, set, show. 
jockey. What, what's a disc jockey? When it was time to get it lit, we got it hot like fever. Sick with the talk, passing your receiver. All about running the spot. That's DJ Shadow and Della Soul with a song called Rocket Fuel from Shadow's forthcoming album, uh, as yet untitled. Uh, this is actually the first time that Della Soul as a band and um, DJ Shadow have actually done a track together, which is kind of surprising in a way. I think Pause News has been on one of his songs before, but not all of the band. Um, Dre, how do you feel about this one? Song of the Summer. Really? Yeah, I love this. It's just so much fun. Like, it's just great. I love the brass in it. I love the kind of, the real De La Soul, like, record scratches and samples in it. It feels really old school. Um, but old school in that way that modern music is kind of taking the best of it and turning it into something new. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is really, really, really fun. And I'll be listening to it for a while yet. Right. I yeah. love DJ Shadow and LSO, but I don't know if this is what I really want, to be okay. honest. Um, if we, I will say this could have just been a Delasol track. And yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have I known the difference. I think that's what gets me. I think like DJ Shadow has shown he can be very expansive and mm. detailed in production and this is just a straight up hip hop jam and he's done it really well with Run The Jewels and they were a really good foil for him the last time when they did that together. I think it worked really well. Um, for this, I don't know, I feel like Della Soul are too playful for this kind of thing to really work like for me long term. I just can't okay. see myself going back to this an awful lot. Um, it feels like something that you would play at a corporate exercise event Ooh. to get people going. It has that kind of uh, vibe to it. It's like everyone put their hands Huge. in the air. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit conflicted about it because I do love I like both that, of these though. artists. I like waving them like you just don't care. Yeah. Or like know, a kid's I, party. Yeah, it's like a kid's party. It's a song for a kid's party. I feel like it's refreshing, but I do absolutely think that DJ Shadow is almost nowhere to be seen. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing some scratching and, and putting some samples in there. Yeah, but like that's that's not some that's not something that Dallas Soul couldn't have done. Do you know? Yeah, but they don't usually do something this upbeat either. Um, mm. And they had some good stuff actually recently. Their yeah. last album was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I would be interested to see what the album is like. I would like. I would. I don't know. I mean, I think Shadow has. Not that he needs to prove himself anymore because he's made some brilliant albums, but uh, I'd certainly would love to hear a bit of that spark from his first couple of uh, yeah. of releases and uh, to see if he still has that edge to himself, which mm. I'm not sure if he does anymore. Yeah, I always found his, what I liked about his solo work is when he goes that little bit kind of deeper and a bit more like introspective and strange bit more yeah. experimental I'd love um, to hear him do more of that stuff um, mm. but he's changed up his style I think he's kind of not he struggled with an identity but he's kind of it. he became so well known for the introducing and an album that like many including myself would say is one of their favourite albums of all time but mm. um, it does remind me of some of that kind of stuff as well uh, but yeah, I, I think he's kind of struggled to figure out where he fits. And especially, this sounds so old school that in a kind of a bad way to okay. me that I'm like, mm, yeah, it just sounds like he's been left behind a bit, you know? And I think it's old school in a really fun way. Okay, well, we'll see. Like, I, I had to check that this wasn't uh, an old song that was reworked. Yeah, but see, that know? kind of what it feels like. It's yeah. like it's like it has its roots in something that's so old school. I'm just not sure if it's like any good. Okay, um, okay, that's fair for a new release. Anyway, because mm. I know he can do it like that. Run the jewels, uh, shadow song is so good. Um, so um, it's maybe an unfair comparison, but the same artist. So there we go. 
So look, it's time to talk about our album of the week. It is from Chance the Rapper. It is called The Big Day. It is his first mixtape or first album proper after three mixtapes and a few other releases in between. Um, he's already a massive star. But what does the album sound like? How does it shake out? Is it relentless positivity? Is it Chance succeeding on all levels? And we're about to discuss that, but first, here is a bit of a track from uh, the first opening track, actually, featuring John Legend. This is called All Day Long. That is Chance the Rapper, opening song from The Big Day. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guests on this album. First off, there's it's 77 minutes long. It's 22 tracks. Um, it has the likes of On Vogue, SWV, Nicki Minaj, and two tracks. Uh, two random uh, collaborations that I texted you about I was certainly not expecting. Uh, first of all, Ben Gibbard from Dead Cap for Cutie and Coco Rosie, mm. uh, freak I, folk I, indie darlings that I have not heard in a long, long time. I'd put Randy Newman in with the surprising well, guest. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I guess that's a surprise. Is it a sample? It's not a sample. It's uh, not, no, no. No, it's not. Um, and then we've got the likes of Sean Mendes, um, gospel singer called Kiki Sherd, uh, which makes sense in the in the context of Chance the Rapper, Francis of and the Lights, who he's been worked with before, Megan Thee Stallion, upcoming kind of um, kind of fierce rapper, um, Gucci Mane, Justin Vernon's in there somewhere, apparently involved in uh, uh, Do You Remember, along with Ben Gibbard. I'm not sure what he did because I don't hear him on it. Um, but yeah, so I guess for a brief primer, like if you don't know Chance the Rapper, he's known for making... Uh, positive, almost backpack rap in lots of ways, um, but relentless, almost gospel rap mm -hmm. and music that speaks about um, positive things and uh, subjects close to his heart. A lot about Chicago. He's very associated with Chicago. Uh, a lot of people would say that he's been, you know, taken a lot of inspiration from Kanye, who he loves so much. Well, Kanye kind of gave him his stamp of approval and that's what kind of skyrocketed him yeah. then when he did but he, that first You know, he's got three mixtapes now yeah. um, and another album with Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment called Surf. Um, this is the first time he's ever sold an, an album. It is very, Here very you long. you got to sell it get... to snatch the Grammy. Yeah, that's right. Um, so maybe you give me your overview of how you feel the big day has gone for you. Yeah, so I think Chance has been sort of the definition of a hit and miss artist for a while for me. Like his talent is undeniable as a rapper. Like he is a fantastic voice um, and he's given so much kind of love and care and attention to specifically the Chicago scene. Um and his like you like the the perfect phrase for it is the one you use when you say relentless positivity. That is his 
his bag. That's his whole thing. And when he gets it right, it's right. But I feel like this is not, this is not a deep album. At times it's fun. At times it's hopeful, but a, a deep album, this is not. Um, and I think that's disappointing because it purports to be one. Like there is going into it and kind of reading around the, the themes of the album. He was married last year. Uh, he has a beautiful little kid who he just adores with all his heart. Um, and I was thinking about the kind of the politics of optimism, especially as an American artist, as a black American artist. And I'm not saying that everything needs to come back to the state of the world or anything, but I do think that if you are going to make an optimistic statement, it should stand in contrast with what is kind of adverse to that. That was a funny way of saying that sentence. But um, I don't know. It, it The act of unwavering optimism is a pointed almost act of protest in itself. But if Chance is concerned about the world around him and the fact that everything is kind of on fire at the moment, it doesn't show here, you know? No, there's not much of that in this album. I guess, like like you said, it's based on the idea of his marriage and a lot of it, the big day is a reference to a wedding day. So the, and specifically his wedding day inspired the album. And so therefore it has the kind of chronological chronological order of you know the excitement of of early morning and the the kind of romantic ceremony and then the late night dance party mm. kind of vibe embedded into this along with a couple of skits that I could really do without especially on a 77 minute album yeah. um and so it's loosely based on that idea of marriage and what comes next with family and a lot of references to God. He's a very um, uh, religious uh, person and he do always has put that in his music. And for somebody like myself who wouldn't be necessarily religious um, but respects that, I always found it, oh, I'm always okay with that because of how he does it. But there's a lot of this where I just feel like it's more like he's being self-righteous as opposed to, and not not necessarily preachy, but like a little bit less uh, charming than previous works. Like with Coloring Book, his last album, there was there was a lot of that there, but that was like gospel infused uh, celebrations and exaltations. Where this feels to me be a bit, a bit, a bit less colorful, mm. more. Uh, clinical even and certainly less interesting yeah I I agree I think I'm I, I'm fascinated like I'm not a religious person not a spiritual person but I'm fascinated by the spirituality of gospel music and particularly how it's used in rap and hip-hop um and I do wish that the the god question uh was probed probed a little bit more because for a Christian their wedding day is is supposed to be you know you, you have your, your christening you have your communion you have your confirmation on your wedding day and those are the days where you are supposed to be closest to God and God is in the room with you and I would have loved to hear more about what that feels like you know and I, I would have loved to hear him examine his closeness to God a little bit more than just, than just, I, I love my God. Also, I love my wife. You know, I just don't feel like he, he tapped into anything particularly interesting to do with his own relationship with God. I'm not asking him to doubt his, 
his religion on his on his wedding day or anything but just sort of just just something something to show us that mm-hmm. it it meant more to you than ceremony and and I think that actually works the same with marriage like he doesn't I I didn't find that there was a whole lot a whole lot of interesting lyrics or ideas around marriage in it except I love my wife and I used to be a bit of a bollocks and now I'm not and mm. I'm gonna love her forever and like your your wedding day is I'm not married but like your wedding day is such a day of complicated feelings like you're about to commit yourself to to somebody in front of God who you believe in like that's a huge thing and I just don't feel the hugeness of that on this record yeah it's kind of prompted a lot of think pieces about like the idea that marriage is on the wane according to Chancellor Rapper and how mm. that's just simply not true um but uh, yeah I definitely agree with that there's a lot it's funny you should mention I love my wife the, that line that sentiment because one of the things I was going to play for you here is a a meme kind of track that was uh, made in okay. response to his album. So I may as well play it now because it makes sense to do so in the context of this discussion around the album. Okay, this I've is, not this heard, is heard somebody this. on somebody made this. It was on Twitter earlier on today. So, oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Let's go ride a bike with my wife. My wife's real young, my wife's real small. Let's go to the beach and play with a beach ball. Praise Jesus God and my wife. Let's go to the beach and ride a bike. Ooh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Ooh, I love my wife. She is so fine. Ah! <laughs> so somebody on Twitter made that. It's called I Love My Wife. Um, so yeah, there's been a quite of an, I would say, very <laughs> lukewarm reaction. Screams in that <laughs> Yeah, something he... he <laughs> His fans are saying he doesn't do that anymore, um, but still, he it's, fucking does. He does it on this album. Like <laughs> it, it does speak to a lot of uh, that whole thing. Does speak to a lot of the maybe a lot of the discussion around the problems with this album. Here is somebody who's arrived at a debut album, having pretty well established what they're about, and there's a lot of self eulogizing on this about what he is and where he's going and and the the wife and God and family parts. Um, but there's also, like, there's a lot lacking. And, like, I read the Stereogon piece uh, during the week uh, when I was after my third or fourth listen to this. Um, and it suggests, like, they suggest, it, 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 the big day marks the moment where Chance's whole style crosses over into a shtick. Uh, it can happen mm-hmm. with artists. They talk about Eminem and Ludacris and Busta Rhymes and Nicki Minaj. And they reckon it's happening with Chance because... When you don't have anything to say with any real terms or you're avoiding the true nature of what's happening to you or you're like relentlessly positive and then that becomes your thing, then people can start to pick holes in it and feel yeah. like it can be, you're actually not saying much uh, here. So I guess that's kind of why a song like that or a track like that exists. Yeah, because um, like I, I, I think that the topics of... God and marriage and positivity in the face of adversity are, you know, endlessly interesting topics that, you know, our artists have been making music about those things for millennia. Um, I don't know if people have been making music for, for many centuries. And and on this, I just I just feel like he's capable of so much more than this. He's capable of making you like I don't know if it's fair to keep 
you know, holding the ultralight beam verse as being Chance's kind of benchmark. But he said more about God in that one verse on Kanye's album than he says on this entire 70 odd minutes. And he makes you feel more about his relationship with God in that, in that tiny little snippet. And I was really hoping for that here. I was really hoping to understand his, his whole positivity train that he's on. I was hoping to hear a little bit more maturity from him as well, but he, I don't know. He's only 26, 27. Yeah, but he's, he's however many years older than he was when he was making some of the best music around, like he's three or three years on from. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if the ultra beam as much as I think it is probably his best work is a fair thing to uh, throw over his neck with this because it's his own work. He obviously was, did something and rose to the occasion because of his hero. Yeah. He was on his hero's track. Um, But I do, I definitely agree with the sentiment or the sentiment of the idea that he actually has not, he's not really saying a lot here. For an album about joy, it seems pretty joyless to me. Well, for me, it it feels like he's just throwing joy, joy, joy at a particularly adhesive wall and none of it's fallen off into the cutting floor and it's all just stayed on the album, you know? Yeah, and and I like think, a lot of this needs to be cut, like flat out cut. Yeah, this, a, this a record could do with this being that are just not good. Yeah, um, this record needs be to be here. eight songs long. There is no way it needs <laughs> to be twenty two songs long. Like it's, I, I and you know, the, the, another album about a wedding that was kind of long came out earlier this year, which was Father of the Bride, uh, by Vampire Weekend. And before we were recording, I was saying to you this, this kind of frustration with the length of it and how it's not really doing much must be how the people that didn't like the vampire weekend album felt when it came out but but at least i think that has different shades to the album and it feels like there's a few different parts and songs on that album where you know there's a different kind of style and while this does draw from kind of that like there's a bit of like house and juke in there reference like this is all referencing the wedding day and the fun part of it Mm. and like I don't particularly enjoy a lot of that part of it, but I love that he's like embracing that uh, Chicago style and sound in his music. But it just doesn't really work, and I think a lot of it is just because the productions aren't great. They're yeah. a bit bland. They're he's still a great rapper, but he's not saying an awful lot with his words and the way he he has d- his delivery. Mm. Um, and it almost feels like draining and mawkish over the course of 77 minutes to listen to this. I found it hard to go back to every time. I was like, oh, I felt like hard work to do this and I shouldn't. And I'm like, that shouldn't draw you in and make you feel uh, on some level the uh, experience that he is having about positive, like an outlook on the future and all that kind of stuff. In a way, it kind of feels like an an on-message politician delivering something that they they know you want to hear uh, to get across something as opposed to actually... diving into the reality of what that could be or the gritty nature of what it's like to have a long-term relationship or start a family or like Mm. any of that kind of stuff. It just feels like it's like, that's why the I Love My Wife thing is so funny because it does have that reference. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, like positivity. I think there's not enough of it in music and not enough of it in the world. But if you aren't using your art to examine that in some way then it just feels hollow yeah I think the thing about the the positivity thing is frustrates me because I've no doubt that he felt positive when he wrote these songs but 
they don't make me feel positive. Do you know, they make me feel a bit, I don't know, a bit frustrated by his lack of kind of delving into anything deeper than being happy, you know, yeah. than just being a bit, a bit cool lady happy. Do you know what, what did you like on this? Is there, um, is there, well, what are the positives for you? I think, well, the, one of the problems I have is there's too many guests and this is something that happens so often. It's like, there's no reason to have that many guests on, but a problem I have with it is that a lot of the guests seem to do better than him. Mm. Even his brother, Taylor, makes a really nice uh, verse on a song on the album I can't remember the title of right now, but um, Nicki Minaj does quite well. Um, there's a lot of this kind of, yeah, I just feel like he's getting drowned out sometimes on his own album, like, mm. and that's not the way it should be. He's a very strong character. He's a very strong style. He should not be in that position where he's um, letting himself down in that way, especially when your debut album. Like, mm. there's a line on it that's, uh, they don't take teenage angst at no banks because this is the first time he's selling this album. This is the first mm. time he's selling a product. He's selling his music mm. um, to the world. And uh, I think if you're talking about positives, uh, I enjoyed um, Sun Come Down, I think I enjoyed that song. That's the one with Nicki Minaj. Um, is that the last song? One, it's it's not the last song. Oh. Um, actually, not sure where that is. Slide Around with, with Nicki Minaj. I, I kind of like that song as well. I don't even mind the We Go High kind of uh, song and I think that's quite good and let's go on the run there's what a lot of it is there's a lot of the things that are this album is missing is hooks and um, there's very few of them on it there's very few things to like I listen to this so many times now there's only a few different parts I can really remember yeah and I think it lacks hooks and heart yeah there's a, and funny you should mention hooks because that song uh, Big Fish uh, with Gucci Mane like there's a hook in that that is about, uh, I was on the line and I really like the way that repeats, but there's just not much of a track there. Yeah. And I feel the same about a lot of these, like Terror on the Hill is like kind of just, it's he, he's already hammering something he's already said on the album, but to a lesser extent. Um, and yeah, I just feel like the whole thing can be quite cloying as opposed to joyful mm. and it just lacks something it's really hard to put your finger on really because but i think it comes down to the songs just aren't great on it. and i was kind of worried about this when he released um a few tracks uh, in the run-up to it that were fine mm. and this is kind of more of the same like yeah. a lot of these songs could have been just like left off and i feel the same so there's a lot of those kind of, even the production, there's not much gospel on this, really. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed with that. Yeah, there's, there doesn't, and I think maybe he needs some of that stuff to bring him up. But like, one of my favorite things that Chance has ever done is the uh, Surf album with Donny Trumpet and the Social Experiment. I think it's just fantastic. I love that one. And I think that is his most complete album so far because it has all the guests and all those friends and all that kind of stuff on it, but it has that uplifting production and arrangement on it that this is just lacking mm. and not that it's necessary to say that like he has some amazing he has an ability to move beyond the standard of uh, rap flows and that's what you heard in Ultralight Beam that's yeah. what you've heard on other tracks from Acid Rap the abilities he has is what got him noticed and I just feel like he's resting a little bit on this, like, oh, this is what I do. Yeah. So he needs a bit of a kick up the arse, if you ask me. Yeah. For me, it's the lack of depth in its huge topics that has kind of annoyed me. Things I did like, I like the opener all day long. 
Um, I like the Ben Gibbard. Uh, it's actually it it says Death Cab for Cutie, not not Ben oh, Gibbard on the thing. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is interesting because Did to you me see it the sounds. Photo? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, to me, it sounds more like a postal service um, thing, more well, that, so than a... That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, build as a deck of security. Uh, what photo? So uh, uh, Ben Gibbard uh, put up a photo on Twitter of the first time that Chance and Deck of Cutie met. Mm. And he, Chance just looks so miserable in it. Googling, I'm just like, Googling. what is this about? <laughs> it's just really funny pictures like, oh, I'm so glad this is finally out. And the picture of... Is this it? Yeah, he's not even yeah. looking at them. But there's another <laughs> picture as well where they're like he's sitting down with the band and he's like he's like for somebody yeah, it's like he can barely <laughs> smile. You're like, What are you doing, Chance? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in a conversation with the members of Death Cab for Cutie, you're probably feeling a little bit He was just trying to do his best. Get yeah. get the get the uh, collaboration get, and get out of there, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So um, cynicism echoes a wedding in lots of ways. Uh, I think one of the problems you could say with it is that is like most wedding parties, it tries to please everyone, but ends up kind of not really working in lots of ways. Fantastic like, take. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is it. Well, um, it kind of summers that same fate. It's fine. It's serviceable. People had a good time. Um, but they did rock the boat. Did it rock the boat? Did all the things that were expected? We talked about love and life and God and, and family mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of sometimes feels like it's going through the motions and it's yeah. lacking the true human elements that make somebody like Chance an interesting person and an interesting artist. Absolutely. So that's how I feel about it at the I moment. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yep. I am looking forward to seeing how this uh, in a few months, if my opinion changes on it. But at the moment, I'm. Really not looking forward to going back and listening to it, and I never felt that about Chance before. I was like, "That's what he has always had that something that that drives him that you will automatically go, yeah, this guy has something special." Mm. And I'm not hearing much of that here. I think he'll make better music than this in the future. Oh, I, I hope think, so. I think he needed to get this album out of his system, and he can go on then and make start making an interesting music with you know, actual thoughts on its themes and not just alluding to, yeah. to them. Like, know? even if you think about it, like, he's done mawkish gospel love songs before with that song Sunday Candy mm. on, uh, and, which is on the, is that on the Donnie Trump album, right? Yeah, I think it is. Um, and that's a beautiful song. Like, it's done so well and it brings all of those, like, uh, elements of exuberance and joy and like love into a, a one package but this just doesn't have any of that stuff it doesn't yeah. have doesn't uh coalesce in any way that other than makes you feel like you're just it's a bit of a drag yeah and this isn't like it's funny it's not like it's drake's scorpion where he's sniping at everyone it's <laughs> like there's an element to this where he's seems to be because of who he is and where he's gone and how big and popular he is he is totally aware of that in these songs. And it feels like it's weighed down by some of that expectation almost. Like he like you're maybe you're right. He needs to get this out mm. in order to move it's on. It's just a shame that it's his debut. Yeah. Well I mean, is it No. I mean No, no. this whole this being his first album thing. Yeah, I'm not buying rubbish. it. No, definitely not. Mixtapes are albums these days, I yeah. think. Especially with his ones. They're yeah. Like they're not. They're so together. fully realized yeah, and thematic yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's play a bit from uh the Do You Remember song with the uh smiling politely uh chance rapper and uh Dead Cat for Cutie. This is Do You Remember from the Big Day. I love the great outdoors. Learn you get the fans if you can't keep your mouth closed. That summer left a couple marks like Groucho. That halo could turn hollow depending how low. That summer left a couple tan lines. I love my city. 
let me cut the line on the damn rhyme They walk on eggshells and landmines They communicate with hand signs Chance the Rapper from his album The Big Day um, so yeah that's our album up for discussion this week and I think we've discussed it till the end yeah. um, but I think there's sometimes a, there are albums that are 22 tracks long 77 minutes there's a lot to take in Yeah. so I'm hopeful that there is some elements maybe I didn't hear in the first five listens of this that I will maybe discover because I'm a fan of him. I want I want him to succeed. I, it's very rare for somebody like that to exist in pop music these days. Yeah, I feel uh, like I'll always root for him. Yeah, but I know he can do better for sure. That's Chance the Rapper. That's our album of the week this week. Um, and we don't interview this week because it's summer and we're in that vibe. Um, but as I would normally ask you, what have you been reading, listening, and? Uh, Right, well, what else? Watching this week? Um, I have been reading the Oh My God, What a Complete Ashling books. Oh yeah. Which I'd never read before. Um, and, oh, they're just so good. They're so funny. I, ju- I devoured the first one within like maybe two days. And then I was sick yesterday. And I'm like two quarters of the way through the second one. And I'm actually not looking forward to... Um, to finishing it <laughs> at all, but I believe there's a third one coming. Oh yeah, what's I saw the title. Oh, it's some really clever title. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, so the first one is Oh my God, we'll complete Ashling Country Roads Take Her Home. The second one is The Importance of Being Ashling. I can't remember what the third one is. Maybe I'll find it in a second. Um, oh, once, twice, three times in Ashling. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just really, really fantastic books. Um, if you're Irish or you know Irish people there's a lot in these to love I mean I feel like almost everybody in the country has probably read them by now um and yeah laughed out loud a lot reading them and I'm just so deeply in these characters at the moment that I don't want to leave yeah well, I want them to. I haven't actually read the books. To I think I've read like a chapter, uh, but I'm terrible at reading books anyway, generally. But uh, big fan of Emer and Sarah, who wrote those mm. books. Um, knew them a little bit before they wrote these books, so delighted for them and their success. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's, I would like highly recommend reading them. They are very very funny, especially if you've any ties to the country or non-Dublin life like it is okay yeah I know it came from a Facebook group right that was kind I th- of yeah thing. I think yeah. so yeah which is amazing yeah. like really just so funny and you know people like everybody in the book like you know an Ashling, but you also know a Sive who's the girl from Dublin and like everything is just so familiar and so so spot on yeah. that you can't help but just be like oh god this is an absolute mirror reflection of our culture as it is now and yeah. it's yeah it's so so spot on while also being hilarious it's great cool i watched the film vox lux over the weekend have you seen it natalie What's portman that? no um it's a very strange film okay. um about a modern pop star starring natalie portman um it was 
nothing like I was expecting and uh, I don't think I enjoyed it one bit. <laughs> you seem a bit shocked. <laughs> I was just like, what is this film? Mommy, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, I didn't know what to expect and I was happy about that, but I just, I don't think I enjoyed anything about okay. it really. Um, so I can't recommend it okay. <laughs> necessarily, but like it's one of those, like Sia writes the songs in it and Natalie Portman just doesn't feel like the pop star. She's like supposed to be in a slightly an aging pop star that means somebody in their 30s mm-hmm. or, or late for or early 40s who uh, but it kind of charts the 18 years of her life but it's not it's done it's got a really strange like art house tone that I don't think really works I was just about story. to say like Sia and Natalie Portman just screams like a, a, maybe a little bit pretentious or something <laughs> I don't know I like yeah. I like them both I mean the film is trying but, to say mm-hmm. stuff uh, about uh fame and uh creativity and but it's set around like terrorist shootings and uh oh. like high school shootings and stuff like that so i'm not really sure i actually maybe i missed the point of it <laughs> but um it wasn't what i was expecting and okay. i did not enjoy it i was just like this, the whole time we were just like this is so strange yeah this is just a strange film um so yeah i other than that not a lot, really. I've been, uh, I had some, a couple of great nights DJing over the weekend. So good. that was my busy weekend. Um, Spacer on Friday with Eddie K was good fun. We had a nice night. And then Lumo on Saturday was fantastic. We had a great night at Lumo on mm. Saturday. Really good. So um, look forward to more of that. Oh, I watched another thing yeah. on your recommendation. Um, I watched the Miley Cyrus Black Mirror episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it up until the last scene. Oh, right, and then the, I didn't like yeah, it. Okay. I did, yeah, the um, my uh, I won't spoil it. But the last scene, there's a performance in it that sort of like there's a music performance that kind of wraps up the whole story. Uh, I found that clunky and cheesy and kind of terrible. But I thought Miley Cyrus was really, really great in the episode. Yeah. And I thought I'd hate the concept, but I actually didn't. And the girl who plays like the young girl, the fan, uh, who has the little doll uh she was fantastic she was really really good um but yeah very i don't know it wasn't it maybe wasn't black mirror enough for me i feel like the new season i watched the andrew scott one as well obviously post fleabag um and again that was good but it was the this new series feels a bit like diluted black mirror for an american audience maybe i think like there's no prime ministers having sex with pigs do you know there's no like there's I no didn't extremities. Find, yeah, th- I didn't find anything particularly shocking in either episode, you know. And I kind of, yeah. I kind of knew where the Andrew Scott one was going to go. Right, and, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bit disappointing, but oh well. Okay. Um, anything else you've been enjoying this week? What else have I been doing? Um, been listening to a good bit of Father John Misty ahead of this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, well. Explain to the people what you're doing <laughs> in the next one. What's my, happening with you? My week of Misty. So this Saturday, I'm going down to All Together now um, to see my husband Josh Tillman um perform as his he'd be better known as Father John Misty to you mere mortals uh gonna see him and then next week I am flying to Hamburg also to see Father John Misty at their um their like big concert hall over there that hosts like you know huge classical concerts and yeah he's playing with the Hamburg Philharmonic Orchestra and it's gonna be super special so 
Gonna pop in this weekend, see him before the big show next week. Yeah, just check in. Like some kind of groupie. (laughs) I feel like I'm in Almost Famous or something. But yeah, twice in a week, it's going to be really, really intense. Um, So forgive me if the podcast week after next, I'm a bit shook. Mm. And um, Well, I'm sure you'll tell us how you got on. Oh, yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, that'll be good. Um, I am just also been watching a lot. I'm watching Big Little Lies still. Um, it's one of those things you just put on. And I'm not sure if I'm enjoying it at all. Okay. Uh, I, I think I am. I think I am because of just. Well, I'll tell you what I'm loving in it. Meryl Streep is amazing in it. She's like. Oh, you, is she good? I don't. Uh, <laughs> you've never heard of her? Yeah. I mean, it's basically like. Here she's amazing. In facing it. off well-known actresses with each other, and uh, Meryl Streep is so brilliant as this horrible mother-in-law she's brilliant I love when she plays really horrible characters it's I, I think brilliant. she's just it's just a joy to watch the yeah. whole thing is just like oh I didn't actually know she was in it yeah that she's mi- in season two actually... it's so good for that I'd watch it just for that long and this is the show you were saying that they re-edited so that it's yeah I can't really and... tell much uh, major difference with that maybe they just like fix it all up maybe the show was intended to be a, a separate kind of thing with the director Andrea Arnold who shot the second series um, they re-edited everything she did, so um, they really cleaned up her footage if it was completely different, because mm. it feels very similar to the first season. And have you found out what the big little lie is? Oh, we already know, yeah. Oh, you know that? Yeah, okay. yeah. They're just trying to cover everything up. Was it a murder? It may have been. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, now I've ruined it for myself. <laughs> no, you didn't tell. Um, it's, there's loads of little lies, that's the thing. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's a good show, actually. Um, and separate to that, I've been, haven't really watched Deadwood since much since last week, but I'm still getting into that um, as well. And I want to ultimately see the, the film that comes out. Mm. Uh, and that's really it for me this week, yeah, I same. think. Yeah, that's all I've been doing, enjoying myself and uh, having good times. <laughs> that's what summer's all about. Good. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah, I am finding it very hard. Sometimes very hard to like DJ two nights on a weekend after a full week of work. You're like, this is tough. Yeah. I'm not as young as I once was. I can hardly get the food shop at the weekend, let alone do a DJ. I don't even go to food, food shopping anymore. I don't you know. Get the Tesco? No, no, don't do that. I wouldn't do that. Uh, um, I get the Tesco and man comes and they're always lovely. Are they? Oh my God. The Tesco did it. Shout out to the Tesco delivery men. <laughs> they are deadly. They're unreal. So like up for the crack when they come in with your shopping. Like they always compliment me on how like healthy my food is. And I'm like, stop it. You're great. <laughs> do you so, ever just yeah. buy something really terrible just to? Yeah. I just hide it then. <laughs> or no, I'd buy like vegan magnums and they're like, oh, you're vegan, are you? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm a vegan. <laughs> but yeah, so I've also been getting Tesco deliveries, I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Tesco. Thanks. Well, there you go. Maybe that helps. <laughs> um, so that's it from us this week. Um, uh, we will be back. And uh all that remains for me to do is thank you, Andrea, for being here again, thank you. as ever. And to uh, say shout out to the Patreon uh, members and do consider subscribing from patreon.com forward slash 909. Every, every little helps, you might say. We could um, post pictures of Daffodil on the Patreon. More dog photos. More dog photos. More dog I photos. Think. Promise. Yeah. If we hit the next goal, I would yeah, post more one dog, dog photo <laughs> for every goal that we hit. She's great. She's having a great time. It's in this hot weather. It does not take much for her to, to be absolutely wrecked. I took her to Emma today, and she was uh, 
sweating almost I'd say from running around and she's not a particularly hairy dog no she just the tongue sticks out and that's it we're gone then oh, poor baby. she just gets this really funny thing though like is her like leg locks up when she runs around too much oh. and she kind of starts to helicopter and she loses her balance <laughs> so she just goes around in a circle like it's like getting a dead leg that just disappears after like two minutes but like it's, but you're a dog and you're going super fast. Yeah, and, it's her yeah. overexerting herself. Or like last week on the really hot day, she like threw herself into a fountain. <laughs> uh, and she never does that. Oh. Like, it was like, fair play. You knew you were too hot yeah. and you jumped in. And then she jumped in again. Same girl. I did like pull her out. Do you need so to do. silly. Anyway, that's, anyway. <laughs> we're talking about dogs. I don't know why, but there we are. Uh, that is uh, it from us this week. And we will talk to you again soon. Um, and I'm going to leave you with a track from a Cork producer. How much I heard this week uh, from a guy called Donald Sharpson, aka Double Screen. Uh, well, sorry, he's a Dublin-based DJ and producer. He's teamed up with a Cork singer and a beat maker called Blackheart, who's uh, known as Emer Ann O'Sullivan to her parents. Uh, on this new track, this is called Bloodstream, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye. If I reduce myself more freely, then I guess we will last. Hey, hey, hey.
Crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.